Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and that there is... Howard Tybal. Did I do okay? Hand to glove, Howard. Beautiful. You know it's going to take us at least another two more years to get it perfect, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> I can trying. I can hold out for it. You always you always challenge me with how that's going to go. I do. I'd like to keep you on your toes. I'm thrilled about our guest today. We have a, a, mainly because I can introduce him as friend of the show. That's right. And senior vice president of finance at Rutgers University and chair of Ecubo with us today, Mike Gower. Mike, welcome to Navigating Change. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. I love this program, and I really enjoyed meeting you in Seattle, Pete. Oh, likewise. I absolutely wonder. We've heard a lot about you, uh, Mike, and, and to be able to put a face to the reputation is, is fantastic. And and uh, so today we have a lot to talk Hello. about. You know, we've got Ikubo coming up uh, October 19th through 22nd uh, in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be a great event. Uh, Tybal Inc. will be there. Howard has had the um, I would say, uh, luxury, uh, auspicious opportunity to travel around the country uh, speaking uh, at the various Kubos. And I wonder, Howard, if you could kick us off by telling us why Ikubo is your favorite of the Kubos. <laughs> so so we are, we are now going to not make this available to any members <laughs> of any of the other regions. Because they're going to say, wait, didn't you say that what Kubo was your favorite? I could have sworn you told us that. That wasn't the good a thing setup is Mike in any was all, Oh, no, you always, that's perfect. Uh, well, it's in some ways, what, what's true is that eKubo is the association I have been a member with the longest. This is actually the first year that I've had the opportunity to go to the other regions. And I've known Mike for many years now. Um, in both capacities, in a professional capacity, in his, in his role as chief business officer, but also now in his current role as chair of the association. And the reason I'm particularly excited, Mike, about your participation here is I know that you have, with your leadership, uh, worked really hard to create uh, a way of thinking about how you want to grow the association and what it means to differentiate yourself and mostly be relevant to the to the future business officer. And I think it was a month and a half ago or two months ago, I led the board retreat with you and also the planning committee. And we had a conversation about upcoming in October and what does it mean to start to show people the uh, the changes that are showing up and for Ikubo and the visibility associated with that. So what we thought would be great is for you to talk a little bit about your vision for Ikubo and, and, and this idea about having your strategy be visible. Because I think strategy by itself, without it showing up in some kind of timely way, uh, really loses momentum and, and people can sort of turn away from it and I think what you're doing is you're really trying to say, let's let's make this real for people. Well, I think that's exactly right. Um, we started about, oh, it's almost three years ago now, really thinking that uh, Ikubo as an organization really had to pay attention to what was going on in higher education as well as what was going on in associations like ours and, and in general, what, what learning was about these days. And we recognized that uh, if we kept going the way we were going, the old 
old-fashioned Ikubo, uh, that we could become irrelevant in you know just a short number of years, and and that was uh, you know unacceptable to to our group, and and we've spent a lot of time now, a uh, good two years, um, planning the new Ikubo, and I think we'll have an opportunity this fall to show it to our members. Uh, but it really is change. Uh, it's really focusing in on a mission that that uh, says we prepare and support financial administrative leaders as pivotal strategic partners, mm. enabling their academic institutions to thrive. Pivotal strategic partners. You know that's what we need to be in higher education today. Uh, all of us in my kind of role and and people throughout. Our institutions need to be that in order to help uh, higher education survive. It, it, I'll tell, and I'll tell you what, one of the things that I've been in my work in working with uh, eCubo members and many institutions and mostly with this, these, these business officers has been sharing that same story. And what's very interesting about it is that because of shared governance in higher ed, the reality is the skills needed today have a lot more to do with being a, the chief influence officer and seeing yourself as somebody. It's not about the numbers. I mean, that that is what also I see showing up in your strategic plan and the Kubos, the sessions that we just you know went through when we were at the annual meeting. So much more recognition today than, say, even five years ago that the business officer has a role to play to bring more people to the table because they're the ones that have the greatest understanding of where the institution is. And I would imagine even your role at Rutgers right now, you're, you're, uh, you're grappling with that very thing. We are. We're grappling with where is higher education going in general and how is Rutgers going to fit into that picture? And how is it going to fit in in the education realm, the uh, research realm, uh, the service realm, the uh, healthcare realm. And, and there are no easy answers. There yes. are clearly no easy answers. Uh, so our orientation now is much less towards skills than it is a mindset, than it is the kinds of um, capacities that we can help our members get uh, through our program and services in order to be able to be that strategic partner uh, and sitting at the table. And for that matter, developing that mindset uh, in what we would call the pipeline throughout the organization, throughout mm. the, the business part of the organization, because uh, you know, we, we need more people involved in this. We need uh, the, the future leaders to be part of this. So, you know, so let me ask you a question about... Uh... If I sit around with Ikubo leadership or board members or Nakubo leadership, in some ways you and I know that we're speaking to the choir about the need for change or the need for business offices. And I remember using this language in my last session about stepping up. And, you know, why is it that you find, because I think the message needs to get out there and, and I don't think everybody understands it. Why do you think that needing to stepping up is so important today for business officers? And do you think that some of them still haven't understood the transition that we're in. It's so important because, um, well, number one, at the end of the day, 
it is a business. Uh, I know that's an anathema to the, the, the academy sometimes, but the reality is that the economic challenges of higher education today are going to threaten many of our institutions. And if we don't pay attention to those things in the context of the academic uh, mission, uh, then, then shame on us. Mm. Uh, so therefore, um, we, we have to get uh, people like me, like my uh, colleagues, who, who get over time a view of the whole thing, the whole picture uh, at the table so that we can bring context to the discussions that go on from the academic leadership. I like to say when we talk at uh, uh, different uh, town hall meetings at, at Rutgers is that uh, I, I recognize that our role is not the front line of an institution. Right. Uh, because that's really the, you know, the educational programs, the research programs, et cetera. But, but if we're not there to support that front line, if we're not there to uh, help guide it, you know, keep it out of trouble, uh, you know, get things to work well, then the front line can't do its job. And that's part of why you know, we have to be in, in the middle of these discussions. So, Pete, I have a question for you, actually, knowing that you are on the academic side of the house and you teach and, and hear this kind of messaging from the you know, leadership slash administration. Why do you think it's so challenging for the academic side to hear this message? Is it just because of the longstanding history of wanting to retain independence or is it that they don't have a sense that it really matters and this is just another example of people crying wolf. What's your sense of where academics are today? Well, you know, Howard, I think that's a great question. I think a lot of it is because, uh, you know, just as Mike said, uh, the academy is the front line and uh, it is very difficult. The assumption is as soon as finance becomes the front line, it's probably not for a very good reason, mm. right? It's probably because something is screwed up and we are, you know, we're at a point where we have to make some very painful decisions. And I think it's hard to uh, willingly walk into a conversation like that and say, you know, we need to invite um, this sort of the business angle into an area where we feel like we're the experts. I, I don't think that, that the, you know, I, my sense is, at least from my experience in my own institution, that that conversation is changing. And, and it's not like there is a lack of willingness from the academic side to, to actually, uh, you know, step up and have that conversation. But it, there is a very natural and deep-seated, um, you know, even subconscious or unconscious reticence to have that conversation at that level. It's painful. Yeah, that that's... Um... Uh, I, I can see that very much um, as I'm going around to uh, faculty groups, uh, faculty senate, or, or similar types of things. And I, I think when I come to the conversation and say, hey, I'm, I'm not uh, trying to dictate you know, how you teach your classes. I'm trying to con converse with you about how do we do things more effectively? How do we do things in a way that can sustain us in the long run? Um, I think those are the kinds of discussions that that we are trying to promote as an association 
that I have to deal with every day that, you know, the up and coming business officers of the future need to be able to you know, be part of. I think that is a level of financial sanity that is coming around, at least from the perspective of academics. We're starting to realize, you know what, if we approach this conversation right, it's not that that financial folks are coming into to the, the hallowed halls and saying, we're going to change what you teach. It's we how do we help you? to teach your classes at a comfortable capacity? How do we help you from having yeah. to cancel classes? How do we help you have the tools that you need in your classes to deliver on the mission? And I, I think that's what we want to hear. And in the schools that really have sanity around it, that's what we're hearing. Is that, what's your sense? Well, it, you know, so, so I want to add on to this and then go to you, uh, Mike. I, I think you're right, Pete. The dilemma I see, though, is that I think the listening from the academic side is they don't entirely believe, and I could understand that if I was in their shoes, that they're not that that there isn't an intention to dictate, um, and it's 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 sort of a natural kind of skepticism, but it has to do with, and this is where I put the responsibility on the finance side of the house, it has to do with needing to do a better job of articulating why we want to be in the conversation. There's, there's what we want to talk about, but in the absence of building the trust to be able to then look across the room and understand that you have the, the provost can tell the story to his deans or the chief academic officer can say, our CFO, our chief business officer is here to help us. In the absence of that, it's going to be very hard for them to hear that they're not losing control in this conversation. And my guess... Mike, in your role, in your, relative, in your relatively new role at Rutgers, this is at the heart of what you're doing is focusing on building trust. Yes, absolutely. I mean, trust is, is absolutely required in this. And, and I think that uh, we have to give our members opportunities to develop the tools, to develop the language, to develop the uh, kinds of communications that that allow for that trust to be built um, yes and 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 that isn't easy um, you know there are uh, too many examples in uh, management of higher education that is management by anecdote and not management by real data mm. and and trying to get to data that that could then be available for uh, discussions amongst the academic leaders you know, it, it is is a critical uh, job that I have for me and that I know that my colleagues uh, throughout the region in the country share. I mean, one of the things I go back to the Kubo's new mission, and and these words were very important. We spent a lot of times on the time on these words. And the last phrase is enabling their academic institutions to thrive. Mm. You know, if 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 I am in this role, I've been in higher education for over 30 years, management, I am in it because I believe in the mission. I believe in the goals. There's, there's nothing more exciting than to see, you know, the energy of the students or to see the, the product of the research or, you know, the, the results of the healthcare um, at, at institutions like mine. You know, I, I'm, I'm not here to try to, uh, Dictate. I'm here to try to say, uh, you know, how can we think differently? The economic model of higher education is going to change. 
how do we change it in such a way as to preserve and, in, for that matter, enhance the value of the education, of the research, of the healthcare? I think we can do that. I think there are economic models that can work. Uh, I mean, we're looking at our institution, and I know many institutions are looking at, you know, the role of technology and how it contributes. Uh, Bill Gates spoke about that in Seattle at Nakubo. Um, then the, how the change in, in learning has impacted uh, what goes on, how the organization of the institution needs to change around the change of learning. Um, and I think those are the reasons why, you know, we found it so important in Ikubo to say, you know, we're not going to be about, uh, you know, the latest accounting update anymore. We really need right. to focus on capacity of our members. How do we help our members be able to come to these challenges and contribute to them? Well, you know, what I love about this in transitioning back to Ikubo in this conversation is in some ways what what the leadership of Ikubo is doing is challenging ourselves, meaning the internal leadership who in many cases are the business officers across different institutions, to think differently about the association. And there is a discipline and a muscle to be built here to step back and say, no, our focus is not about the numbers. Well, if that's not true, if our focus is about influence and not the numbers, making change, what does that actually look like? And in a sense, what, you're, what, you're, what the association is doing during your leadership, Mike, is that it is putting itself in a position to get people to step back from this is how we've always done it here to say how do we do it differently. And what I'd love to hear you say a few words about is this thing that we talked about when when I was at the board meeting, and, and I mentioned that you and I had had a conversation about it doesn't mean anything if it's not visible. And you had said exactly, and we need to show something at the annual meeting this October that demonstrates visibility. So can you say a few words for those who will be coming to the annual meeting, uh, what that might look like? What are some examples, at least, of visible change that you'd be doing differently? Sure. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more that if we're not visible about this, um, so what? Uh, what does it matter? We need to matter to our members. Our members are the business officers at all levels of the organization uh, in, in our region and, and others that we touch. Um, and to matter to, to our members, uh, we're going to have programming that uh, is, is in some cases experimental. Everything has been uh, given a, a, uh, an overlay, if you will, of uh, leadership, leadership mindset. Uh, mm -hmm. That comes down to our general speakers. Uh, we have Buck Goldstein, who's the entrepreneur in residence at UNC Chapel Hill, Wendy Libby, who's president of Stetson, a former business officer who can come to discussion as a president and, and what are the what are the things from her perspective are going on and how do business officers relate to that? Uh, Robert Quinn uh, from University of Michigan. And, and then Cindy Matson from uh, Fresno State. Cindy is a, a former chair of Nakubo, a former president of Wakubo, who's done a lot of research uh, actually for her dissertation around 
you know, where is the direction of the business officer going in the minds of, of university presidents, in the minds of, of boards and others? And she's going to come talk about that. Your session, uh, which is a, a continuation around the regions uh, regarding communication of financial information from a strategic point of view, uh, is a good example of something that we want to um, highlight. And, and there are many, many other sessions in there. Also, we're going to experiment a few times and hope that things work and some things may not work. You'll see a whole different way of presentation in some of these sessions. Yes. Uh, even, e even room setup, right? I mean, even how, how... Room setup. Yeah. Even room setup. We're, we're going to you know, not be the standard theater style uh, way of, uh, with, a, with a table and talking heads at the top. Uh, of the table in the front of the room. Now, that's not going to be where we are for many of these. Uh, we're going to have presenters walk around. We're going to have them in the audience. We're going to have them talking to the people. Uh, that's, that's something that I think will be engaging. You know, what uh, I love about this, Mike, is exactly what you just said, engaging. Some people might think trivialize the idea of room setup. How is that strategic? I think what you're doing is you are, you are taking a way of thinking about engaging an audience, and if people are paying attention when they're there, they should be saying, how do I bring back some of these ideas, not just content, but process, back to my institution? Well, Howard, since you and I talked about this in, in uh, Old Town back in June, I, I tried it out at a couple of town hall meetings. That's uh, right, you mentioned At, at Rutgers, and... Boy, what a change in you know dynamics went on uh, when I'm walking around the group, you know, and they're only three deep instead of twenty-five deep. Right. This is the idea of of having in the round, and that exactly. you're standing in the center, and it's a powerful model for people to feel connected in a way that they don't in a theater style style environment. You know, it, this is one of the most sort of wonderful angles of this conversation because really it it harkens to the flipping the classroom model. I mean, you come and yes. Howard, you've said this before, right? You're coming to the classroom with the experience that is required of the job, what we're going to give you is this engaging workshop environment, a way to really, a, a laboratory to really work with these experts and figure out how to make change uh, and be more effective immediately. And I think that's exactly it. We have to find ways to really engage the members. Uh, we have to make it memorable uh, to exactly. them as they walk away. So not only are they going to come back uh, and look to us for the help that they need, the the relationships that they need to build, uh, the the kinds of member experience that they want, but uh, they'll talk to their colleagues and friends. And need I say the one of the more exciting things is is the opportunity that myself and Pete are going to have to do this live uh, at one of the receptions. You want to say a few words about that? Oh, I sure do. Uh, we've been we've been talking about it as uh, you know navigating change unplugged. Uh, live, live and in color. And, uh, and, and we're going to have this on Monday night, um, at the, uh, annual meeting, uh, Monday night, we, we expect, uh, we're, we're setting up a, a really comfortable session. Uh, it's a reception. It's after dinner, it's dessert, it's, it's, uh, beverages. It's intended to provoke 
opportunity for people just to have conversations and such. But but in the in the corner of the room, we're going to have an engaged conversation through uh, through the navigating change unplugged, where we we have uh, some people talking about some some uh, important topics, uh, and you know can even bring in the audience in into the conversation. Uh, it it's also a little. Uh, uh, it's also a little interesting to think about how that might work with a glass of wine or two, but, uh, <laughs> you know, why not? And, and, and I've been told that, you know, one of the best things that we need to do out of this is to, uh, have a piano at the ready for oh uh, boy. Mr. Yeah. Tybel there. Oh boy. That's right. Now He's going to play really us in. That's but right. Pete, you know, you know, it, what, for, at, at worst, Pete, this is going to be for some people in the room, sort of the, we're going to be sort of like the jazz background, you know, <laughs> the voices in the background of a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, microphone projection, uh, something going on in the back and occasionally we'll get their attention. But I, I think it's a really cool idea uh, to to give people a chance to either sit and engage and listen and sort of just catch up with their colleagues. So we're excited. You were very excited about it. I think just the opportunity to be able to bring in this live audience aspect. I think we've, you know, it, we the conversations we get into when we are at association events together is always they're they're always so powerful. And I think being able to bring in the audience is just takes it to that next level and and uh, record a bunch of episodes out of it. So uh, great to be able to provide those sort of reflections on Ikubo in real time. So, so if I could uh, just make the final plug uh, for the Kubo annual meeting, Together Leading Change, October 19th through 22nd at the Renaissance Orlando. Uh, it's going to be a great meeting. Uh, we have a lot of people coming. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to, to, to be the kind of environment, you know, like we want that will uh, allow for good networking, for allow for good problem solving, allow for good experiences. I, you know, I just love hearing you talk about it, Mike. I mean, you can just hear the level of sort of enthusiasm you have with the experimentation that you are, are undertaking at Ikubo. It's just going to make it a, a fantastic conference. It's great to see uh, this kind of energy around uh, doing something different. I sure hope it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Howard, what else? We had, that was such a great final plug. Like I, I was all ready to do my part, and Mike yeah, just did, did it, it so much better than I ever could have. Well, you know, I'll just add that I've had the benefit of working with Mike in front of his own teams, and we'll be working with Mike uh, on some projects over at Rutgers. But I, I can tell you what I'm always inspired by, Mike, is that I think that you naturally exemplify the bigger picture of what it means to bring people into the conversation and that your your commitment, uh, not just for the association, but I even think at your institution, to be able to say, listen, I can't do this alone. And not only is this a team effort, I want to make sure everybody feels connected and engaged. And I got to see you do that. And I, and I got to tell you, uh, it's rare. It's becoming more important. Uh, and I think that you you demonstrate that beautifully for, for people that are looking for leadership and and want to know how to engage. So so you inspire me in, in how you lead others. Well, I, I've appreciated my uh, work with you and friendship with you over the years. Uh, we, we've done a lot of good work together, both uh, where I work and uh, where I play in the association. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, it, it's gratifying to me that we 
can uh, build on that work going forward. Fantastic. It's going to be a great session, everybody, October 19th through 22nd. Thank you so much to, again, Senior Vice President for Finance at Rutgers University and Chair of eKubo, Mike Gower. Thanks for joining us, Mike. It's been a real pleasure. It's been my pleasure. And, uh, Howard, uh, do we have any other news for the people? No news. Let's leave it where it is. It, it couldn't, we couldn't have left it in a better place. We certainly couldn't have done so. Uh, on behalf of Mike Gower and Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright, and we will catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel, Inc.